Chiefs face an old foe and the Bengals. Can the offense get right against one of the league's worst defenses? We'll talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. What's up, everybody? I am Craig Stout. This is the KC Laboratory Game Preview Edition Chiefs versus Bengals. I am joined by my good pal, Maddie Lane. Maddie, season hasn't gone the way that we really expected it to go on offense. Might be, you know, vibes are not great, but surely we could still get up to play against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sorry, the fraud goals, as you like to call them. For a game like this, right? I mean, the Frogles are on their way to Burrow. I mean, Browning Head, as as you listen to this, and yeah, I mean, it's up to the Chiefs to to defend their home field. It's up to the Chiefs to earn their way into the playoffs. I mean, look, the Chiefs win. Yeah, they're in the playoffs, right? They're good. Mm-hmm. We're locked in. They win. The Dolphins win. They're locked into the three seed. Maybe you get some rest. So, like, it, it's an important week for the Chiefs. You have your team's, essentially their biggest rival now. The Raiders and the Broncos beat them this year in the division. So Yikes. maybe the maybe the Frogles are no longer the biggest rival, as sad as that sounds. But like it's you've been your biggest rival over the past couple seasons. They're coming to town. You're playing like crap. They are crap. Like, let's go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and solve. Let's go ahead and solve this. I mean, let's go ahead and figure this out. If you're the Chiefs, this is the week to do it. And like, pretty good matchup, I think. I think yeah. for the Chiefs offense, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, let's start on that side of the ball there. I think that's the one that everybody's kind of targeting here. There's a lot of um, history between the Kansas City Chiefs offense, the Bengals defense, specifically Big Lou Anaromo, who is still the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think, you know, at the beginning of this season, I know that when we did the game preview, you know, way back in the offseason, the super look ahead stuff that we were doing, we talked about how this is going to be a big test for the Chiefs offense. Can they beat Big Lou? Can this be a thing where they can turn the corner and beat him in the regular season? Matty, Big Lou does not look so big right now. This is a little bit of a problem with this defense. We'll break down some of the personnel, but I want to throw some numbers at you. They are currently 30th in the NFL in EPA per play given up on defense. They are 31st in the NFL in success rate. A lot of that is happening through the air. They are giving up 6.1 yards per play on defense. That is the worst in the NFL by a wide margin. That is worse than the Denver Broncos, the Washington Commanders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Broncos have certainly gotten a little bit better on defense, but they had a stretch there where they were just, like, historically bad. The Cincinnati Bengals are worse than them in that metric right now. Mehdi, are you surprised to see the Cincinnati Bengals kind of limping into this game on the defensive side of the ball specifically? I... Yes and no, right? I, I think Big Lou for the entire Frogles team has covered up a lot of their issues, and that includes Joe Burrow not playing great in the playoffs. That includes an offense that does get stale. That includes defensive personnel that outside of a few guys has been, is just okay. It's just mid-level guys that he elevates. I think he's covered a lot, and I think similar-ish to how the Chiefs' offense has gone this year, I think they finally pushed the envelope far enough and kind of found the cliff where a single person can no longer elevate it. And so what you're seeing is a safety room that's been completely depleted of guys that are there that made up for average cornerback play, that made up for linebackers who got to play with a certain level of aggressiveness because they had these safeties over the head. It allowed them to rotate. It allowed them to play any coverage they want from any pre-snap alignment. That's all gone. And now you're asking new guys that are coming in to come through and kind of like mess that. Like it's kind of Mike Hilton. And then now he's trying to get a bunch of other guys. Jordan Battles, a rookie or a young guy, safety from Alabama coming in. They bring in Nick Scott, who gets benched. Like Dax Hill has finally stepped in and had to play a full time role and it hasn't gone great. They just, they took such a big step back in the safety room that it's kind of made everybody else step back along the way. And I think the 
final nail in the coffin because you know people remember some early season games i think the bills game everyone watched where mm-hmm. big lou had the bills reeling they couldn't do anything it wasn't ever that good again and i think the final nail in the coffin was dj reader getting hurt like that just completely add that to the safeties and that just kind of changes everything they have to do now to be sound versus the run they have to give extra bodies and now to be sound as like a pass rush unit to have somebody in the middle to create push they have to either send extra pressure or you're not going to have interior pressure coming so just that was a big loss for them on top of everything that's happened this offseason so like I'm kind of surprised it all fell apart but also I think the warning signs were there all offseason I think we even talked about it in the season preview we did. We did. It was one of those where it was like, hey, you're letting Jesse Bates and Von Bell go. Like, those guys were kind of the engine a little bit. Not to take away anything from, like, a Logan Wilson or a Jermaine Pratt, who are still good football players. Like, they are. They're, both of those guys got paid. They they played downhill football at the second level. It, it, they're fun to watch still. But losing both of those safeties and losing Cam Taylor-Britt to IR, who was a guy that last year really showed up on the scene as a rookie, did, wasn't able to make some of the impact that you expected this year, that's really put a lot of pressure on that secondary to deliver. And kind of, I don't want to say the opposite of the Chiefs because the Chiefs pass rush is good, but you know uh, the secondary is the star of the show for the Chiefs defense. And it used to be the star of the show for the Bengals defense. You know, that drop eight coverage where you're still getting home with three, that happened. You know, that was something that happened regularly for Big Lou. Now when they drop eight, there's still holes. They don't they don't have the horses in the back end to cover up some of the things, even though you're flooding coverage back there. And then guys like Sam Hubbard, guys like, you know, BJ Hill, uh, these are still good football players. Trey Hendrickson, still a good football player. They still have Joseph Asai, Cam Sample, Miles Murphy, these are all quality pass rushers at one point in time. They're just not getting home. They're about middle of the pack in pressure rate this season. They're not bringing guys down to the rate that you would fully expect them to do. You know, it, it's just one of those where if it doesn't create a negative play quickly, it's not going to happen. They're basically middle of the pack in all of the metrics this show, you know, the pass rushing and anything like that. So it's just not happening, and a lot of that I lay at the feet of the secondary because you know, that, that defensive line, even without DJ Reader, who is you know by far the best player on that defensive line, I think we've been saying that for two years now, but even without him, they still have enough horses to where this pass rush should get home, and it's just not. And the ball is able to come out quickly. They are able to kind of get defeated by you know more simple concepts. It's just it doesn't have the same mystique that it had in previous seasons where you looked at this Bengals defense and you're like, man, how they, how is this team going to move the ball against them? There's still questions about that, but it's more about the Chiefs offense than it is about the Bengals defense this week. I mean, like, and specifically with the pressure, like, I don't think they've ever necessarily been a quick pressure team. Like, that's Correct. never been yeah. what is, it's always kind of been a slow, a slow burn where the secondary kind of eats stuff up, especially against the Chiefs. They drop guys into coverage. They beat, the they beat Patrick Mahomes like mentally and so he has to start reacting and it's a slow burn pass rush the bat like the big quick pressures stand out because I think they're rare but like that's not that's not how they win Trey Hendrickson's great phenomenal player he's not a guy that's racing to be you know the fastest sack in the NFL on a week-by-week basis it's a lot more slow burn it's a lot more technique that goes on that's kind of the same across the board so you look back to their games you know the low end is 2.5 seconds for time, average time to throw against them in a game. Like that, that's quick, but that's not unbelievably quick. That, that that's your low end. Plenty of teams have been. Mason Rudolph was just up near three seconds from the Steelers throwing against them. Like the ball doesn't have to come out immediately to beat this pass rush. And when the coverage unit behind it isn't doing their part, when they're not creating that confusion, when they're not forcing quarterbacks to hold the ball, and you also take out DJ Reader, the pass rush kind of starts to falter. Good news for them, they're going up against Chiefs offensive line that just played one of the worst games that they've played all season True. against the Las Vegas Raiders. And like, while the Raiders defense has clearly been playing great under Antonio Pierce, like they've been phenomenal. I don't know if their personnel is far and away better than what the Bengals have, just like player for player, right? And maybe a little better, but not far and away. So like if you they want to have a little bit of hope that that four-man rush goes against this Chiefs offensive line right now, like those guys got to step up. Juwan Taylor needs to start playing like he got paid $20 million. He's gotten worse as the year's gone on. Like, 
I had zero qualms with him the first half of the year during the actual plays. I thought he was blocking well. He just couldn't line up. He was false starting. Like there was issues, but it wasn't the blocking. Now, as the years gone on, his blocking has gotten worse. Wanya Morris, same thing. His first couple games were okay, and he's kind of trending downhill too. It, that game versus the Raiders, it, and we talked about it last week that we would we would, would do with Donovan Smith and Wanya Morris, and I said, hey, if you don't go to Donovan Smith when he had when Wanya Morris has a bad game, you can make the switch. Maybe it's time to make the switch because that was game wrecking. The Chiefs could not function the first half of that game with whatever Wanya Morris was doing. He's a rookie. He'll get better. No need to panic. I don't know if you can go out there and put him out there versus Trey Hendrickson after that game. I don't know if you can. Donovan Smith hasn't been good at all this year, but he hasn't destroyed a game the way that Morris was, even against Coons. And we specifically used the Las Vegas Raiders and Malcolm Coons as a reason that Donovan Smith probably yeah. should be replaced. Guess what? His bad game versus Coons was 10 times better than Wanya Morris's bad game against Coons. Like, I don't know. Like the Chiefs got to figure out the offensive line. If they want to, if the offense wants to get back on track in this game, it's got to start, I think, with the offensive line. We know the wide receivers aren't going to change. That is what it is. The offensive line can play better than what they just did, though, and they're going to have to, I think, if this offense wants to turn it around. Absolutely. Absolutely the case. And it's, again, it's a lot of kind of parallels here when you've got guys like. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. Now, Trey Hendrickson is not Max Crosby. I'm not trying to say that. Max Crosby's a better football player. But you, those are two really good pass rushers on the outside, and they're going to be able to turn to a guy like Joseph Osai, who's got speed up the arc, when they want to there as kind of a change-of-pace guy. That's a lot to put on the plate of a young player. And while... You know, uh, while we've talked about Donovan Smith isn't the most fleet of foot individual at offensive tackle, it's the technical stuff. And that's why Andy Heck preferred him early on in the season. That's why he preferred to go with some of that. You know who wins technically a lot? Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. You want to see a guy that's going to stand up to a bull rush, that's going to snatch a guy into oblivion and catch a whole bunch of pancakes? This might be an actual Donovan Smith game outside of a Joseph Osai who could still get him up the arc there. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, hey, if Big Don's healthy, like he's got to be in there. Like I, I, they can't have another game where I believe according to Pro Football Focus, Wanya Morris allowed 13 pressures against the Raiders. And I mean, like it's one of those that, yeah, PFF, we talk about them all the time, take or leave and all that. The charting stuff is, is you know, good. It, it's okay there. And it felt right. Like, it's one of those that kind of aligns with the eye test a little bit on first watch. It's like, yeah, that that seems about right there. I am very curious to see how aggressive this team feels like they can be against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. We talked about it on the lab this week. It's a lot of simple concepts, a lot of condensed short stuff that we're seeing out of the Chiefs offense. Are we going to see these linebackers? Are we going to see these you know, we just got done talking about how the safeties are not particularly good. These corners, are they going to be playing more of a flat-footed read off the start? Are they going to be looking for every hitch to come downhill? Are they going to be trying to penetrate every gap against the run here? You know, not allowing an Isaiah Pacheco or a Clyde Edwards, if he plays with the concussion, or a Clyde Edwards Alaire to, you know, kind of get some things going. It needs to change for the Chiefs offense to have some sort of effectivity, they have to make this defense respect something longer than 10 yards and in. Because if you don't, this is the type of defense, a la the Raiders that we just saw, where Big Lou's going to say, just tee off. And that's going to play into what they like to do. Guys like Mike Hilton, Chidobe Awuzie, you know, again, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, even Akeem Davis-Gaither, those guys want to hit. They want to get downhill. They want to flow downhill and hit. If you do that, if you line up your offense and you say, we're going to continue to play condensed, we're going to continue to play short, guess what? You are playing into exactly what they want. And I know what that means. That means maybe a McCall Hartman comes off IR. That would be great to get the ball vertically down, you know, vertically down the field. Maybe it's an MBS. Maybe it's a Justin Watson. Maybe it's a Richie James. I don't care who it is. You got to throw it. At least make them respect it enough in this game to where you can't allow what happened against the Raiders to happen because 
Lou will eat this up, and they have enough players that like to get downhill that it's going to go a very similar way to the Raiders if they if they try and do that dink and dunk stuff that they've done all week. Yeah, and so I think this goes into like a larger point. This is a, again, this is a good matchup for both sides to try to figure something out. The, the Bengals are still trying to make a late season playoff push. The Chiefs are obviously trying to hold on and right the ship. The, the Chiefs passing game has been pretty poor down the stretch, right? Like it's been pretty bad. It's getting really basic, but the Bengals pass defense has also been pretty bad. They're in the bottom third of the league at just about every metric, whether success rate, EPA per play, like they are not good against the pass. And the Chiefs have been very mediocre. So it's which unit is going to right the ship here. The problem is, I think the Chiefs and Chase Daniels has talked about this on the breakdown. The Chiefs are out here running very basic Andy Reid concepts. Like, early, you know, early camp install stuff. Like the very first couple weeks of camp, this is what you're practicing and working on. They're having to run that stuff in games and the wide receivers are still getting it wrong. Guys are still getting it wrong. And that's not the only issue. But like with sure. that's a pro- that's a problem. If you're having to run the basics in a week 16 and you're getting it wrong on alignment, on where the route is, on how to play it, that's a problem. And you want to see where that really gets worse. Go look at the second time they play the Broncos. Go look at the second time they play the Raiders. Oh, weird. All of a sudden, the defense you're going up against seems to know every single play you're going. Jack Jones is like, hey, I know this is a deep, this is a corner and a deep hitch. What if I just flash when I'm dropping to the corner, like I'm supposed to, make a great play on the ball and drive on the hitch underneath? Like, he knew what was coming. And the Broncos knew what were coming. And when you're having to run the basic stuff all year, it's pretty easy for NFL defensive coaches to pick up on. Now, the Chiefs haven't played the Bengals again this year. This is their first matchup with them. That's the good news. The bad news. The Bengals have played the Chiefs a lot. They're pretty familiar with what the Chiefs like to do. Big Lou is good. If you want to tell me in their first matchup, he's going to have a pretty good idea of what Andy Reid's basic plays are and how to tee off on them. Yeah, I could buy into it. So like, and I don't know the fix to that because it's not like the Chiefs would be like, oh, quit being so simple and yeah. complex things. Because they clearly can't, right? Like, they clearly don't have that answer ready either. You can't tell them to just quit being a basic offensive team because they can't even get the basics right. So, like, I don't know what the ultimate end result there is. It's just, it'll be interesting to watch how the Chiefs balance having to call simple day one plays versus how the Bengals defense tries to defend it and if the Chiefs have any kind of counters counters off of it. I, I, I'm fascinated because... The Raiders knew everything that was coming. The Raiders weren't got, like, at all. And the few times they were, the pass protection didn't hold up, or, you know, something else happened. All those bad, a couple bad throws. Like, there was some other issues, but the Raiders knew everything that was coming. If the Bengals do that, too, like, that's a big problem. because That's their first time seeing them this year. Yeah, it absolutely is. I, the, when you were talking about, you know, just line up and do a whole bunch of things different, the image in my head. The number of flags that just flew on that play because nobody is on the line of scrimmage. Like, nobody. not uh, Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, nobody's on the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, like, MVS and, you know, Kadarius Tony run into each other on a mesh route, knock each other down. Patrick Mahomes tries to throw to Justin Watson, who, you know, runs the wrong route. Like, it just all wrong. And you'll notice that I just... It's a fadeaway three from the corner when you smoke yeah. the post. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. It just, it was a hilarious image in my head of trying to add more complexity to this offense right now. But I mean, something's got to give. Like, to your point, this is a matchup where you are seeing kind of the immovable object versus the, or the movable object versus the very stoppable force. Like, that's what it is right now on this side of the ball. And, Something does have to give. Patrick Mahomes and company have to play better. This this Bengals defense can be got. Like, they can. Everybody's got them all year long. It's all there for the taking. Nothing would be better for this offense than to hit a couple vertical shots, get something going a little bit better, you know, less, you know, basic that they've got this week, and try and open it up just a little bit. It doesn't... It's not one of those games where you're like, man go out and score 35, really put it on this Bengals, just show signs of growth. Like, that's really all that you need. And this defense has been so poor throughout the season that there is an opportunity 
to do so. We had somebody in the chat during the lab earlier this week that was talking about y'all are going to put up 500 yards of offense against us because that's what everybody does. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know about all that, but that's how it has gone for the Bengals this year. Chiefs have to capitalize on that, have to do that. If you want one thing to go right going into the playoffs, you need to build a little bit of momentum. And like Maddie said, Dolphins win, Chiefs win. Week 18 doesn't matter. It would be really yeah. nice for this offense to just kind of go out there, beat up on a bad defense, win a football game, and then in week 18 say, okay, we're going to sit everybody who's even remotely nicked up or anything like that. We're just going to sit these guys down. We're going to get some concepts right. Let's use this as a mini reset. They, they did that at the bye and tried to rework some of the offense a little bit. They need another one of those. And so this is the prime time to do it. Matty, anything else on this side of the ball that you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah. So, okay, the run game, I'm going to briefly mention yeah. it because I don't think the Chiefs are going to try, and it's the one thing the Bengals still do okay defensively. It's like, I just don't think it matters. I don't think the Chiefs should completely ignore it. Like, we've seen some of their better offensive outputs have come when they have got to lean into the run games. Like, yes, try. Um, Clyde's still running the football very, very well. So, like, even if Pacheco can't go, like, let, let Clyde run. He's been running very well, very technically sound. He's getting what's yeah. there. He's had a couple nice plays. Like, but run with Clyde if he's there. I, I wouldn't expect a big rushing game. It's the passing game. And we, we talked about, we were talking earlier about the short stuff. The Chiefs are going to have to find a way to push the ball a little bit. Over three out of the Bengals' last four games, the opposing quarterback has had over 130 yards throwing the ball 10 plus yards down the field. Now, one of those players did it was Nick Mullins, right? One of those players buddy. was Mason Rudolph. Oh, buddy. There's some <laughs> bad offenses and bad quarterbacks that have had success throwing the ball. Not, I don't even want to say downfield. This isn't just deep. I'm just saying over past the beyond 10 yards. Do you know how many yards the Chiefs had on passes that traveled over 10 yards, Craig? Oh, are you talking about last week against the Raiders? Yep. Uh, Raiders? Let's see. Uh I'm going to say 11, and I'm just including the Rasheed Wright. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, the, the Richie James dig was in there as well. Yeah. Tell me, but I think those might be the only two that they that were over 10 yards. They completed three passes that traveled 10 air yards or more. Gotcha. For 71 yards. That was it. Hey. 71 yards. That's brutal. That's that is absolutely <laughs> positively brutal and I, if i'm not mistaken what richie james had to be at least a 30 yard catch like almost half of it had oh, yeah. to come on one play so like and yeah. i guess I'll just well three. the rasheed like rice one that i'm referring to was an 11 yard play it was along the sidelines on a third and 12 right. yeah where it was 11 yards in the air and he caught it and was immediately right there i'm not mad at rasheed about that no. or anything but you know yeah yeah so anyway they weren't able to do it at all the teams have had success against the Bengals pushing the ball downfield for a lot of the things that we talked about. Their safety room hasn't been great. Their quarterback room outside of Mike Hilton hasn't been particularly great. Everybody in that secondary is very gettable, even for the Chiefs wide receivers, but you're going to have to take some chances. And I know that's difficult because things go poorly. Things haven't been in sync. Guys like, not that the throw from Mahomes is good, but Justin Watson's fading away on a curl route, like not still the ball at all. Again, the throw wasn't great or anything, but like guys aren't doing stuff to make it easy, but you're going to have to let it rip. This is a game you're going to have to test it out. We need to get back to the Bills and Patriots, Patrick Mahomes, that was playing with confidence and just kind of firing stuff off with, with not caring anymore. It was just not that he doesn't care if bad things happen. Just there was a confidence. There was the arrogance. There was a, well, it's not working if we don't do this, so I might as well play my way. Right. That was gone versus the Raiders and credit to the Raiders pass rush for, I think, throwing them out uh, of their rhythm to start to start the game. But like, we got to get back to that. And so if he's not going to do that again, if they are going to play the dink and dunk game, I think this Bengals defense stops. I think they absolutely stop them. They are still built to do that. But if you can push the ball and actually attack the secondary, then I think that's where you can have success. So like look for the Chiefs, not even deep passes, just to attack the intermediate areas and try to get some form of chunk plays a little more often in this game. Yeah, they they got to do something about that. Those 71 yards for Patrick Mahomes, some quick math here, that was 31% of his total yardage on those three throws. And I know that people are going to look at that and go, well, yeah, he threw the ball down the field. Of course, there's more yardage. You're building the entire offense. He threw the ball 44 times. Three times he threw it 
longer than that. That that's just boy, that 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 is just rough. They get you gotta be better because you're not gonna open up the intermediate or the shallow stuff that you're building the offense out of right now if you can't get vertical at all. So we'll wait and see about all of that. We are gonna take a break. And we are going to come back and we are going to look at the better side of the ball for both of these teams and how these two teams match up right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right. We are back previewing the Chiefs versus the Bengals. We're going to flip over to... You know, as a unit that we highlighted and we focused on, you know, can this Chiefs defense during the offseason before we knew that the Chiefs defense was like awesome? Um, <laughs> can this Chiefs defense slow down this terrific Bengals offense? Joe Burrow goes out. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Jake Browning coming in. Joe Burrow is on IR. And Maddie, they haven't missed a beat. Like, it it seems like this offense looks the same, the same concepts. They're still pushing the ball down the field to T. Higgins, to, you know, Jamar Chase. You see Tyler Boyd show up every once in a while. It's it's one of those things where you look at this offense and you say, I don't know that a whole lot has changed moving from Joe Burrow to Jake Browning other than maybe the pocket presence element, which is Burrow's obvious best thing that he does he he is an elite pocket mover there but this offense I don't think took a giant step down when they went to Jake Browning this season is this one of those who you can see Steve Spagnuolo maybe seeing a couple of cracks you know in the offense a couple places to attack here to try and hurry up an inexperienced quarterback or do you think it's just going to be YOLO ball after YOLO ball downfield to these terrific and elite receivers like we've seen the Cincinnati Bengals do to the Chiefs defense in the past. So it, it's going to go one of two ways, and this, yeah, this is obviously, right? It's either going to be, he's going to go back there, he's going to drop back, he's going to throw a bunch of timing-based YOLO passes into tighterish coverage, or, you know, he might find the open guy from time to time. Similar, and I, I don't mean to downplay Joe Burrow and the Frogles here, but there's been some situations against the Chiefs where he is just chucking the ball into good coverage and his guys make plays. And Jake Browning is very capable of doing just that. He is capable of reading out the coverage pre-snap. And then if it doesn't change post-snap, he'll drop back. He'll hit his mark. He will play on time. He'll hitch if he has to hitch and then throw the ball. And it kind of doesn't matter unless the coverage is completely erasing somebody. He's going to give these guys a shot and they're making defenses pay. You go look at the Steelers game. They changed the picture on him a little bit. Yes, they were uncomfortable. They made him move off his spot. They changed the coverage on the back end, 
And all of a sudden, now Jake Browning's dropping back. He's having to scan the field and not just look for his guy, but he's having to see what the coverage is. I think some teams were playing a little too, uh, not soft, but like a little too bland, trying to figure out what this you know first time starting quarterback's going to do, what this offense is going to look like. The Steelers actually attacked them. Now, they did play the Vikings and Flores, who's probably one of the closer defensive coordinators to Steve Spagnuolo's kind of like tendencies. And they had a good game. The Bengals did a great job in that game having a good read on all the blitzes and stuff. But here's the thing. The Chiefs don't have to blitz to get the pressure. Yeah. The Chiefs don't have the pressure to change the picture and make quarterbacks feel uncomfortable. The Vikings don't get pressure with a four-man rush. They just don't do it at all. So like, I do think the Chiefs can kind of rely a little bit on what the Vikings did, but then a lot closer to what the Steelers did and make Jake Browning actually play quarterback. And like, I don't think we've seen a big enough sample size to say that he could do that at an NFL level. Yeah, I mean, it, Jake Browning's numbers on the year are good. Like, again, we talk about EPA. He is seventh in the NFL in EPA per play. Like, it, it really is bizarre to look at some of these numbers, you know, from a success rate standpoint. He's also really good. Like, he is a ninth. You know, Patrick Mahomes, for reference on these two metrics, seventh in success rate. And he is just below Jake Browning in EPA per play. So it's working. Like what they are doing is working. Now, raw numbers and things like that, you're looking at this. This is, you know, the 20th ranked offense in scoring. I believe it's 21st in yardage. It's not like they're, you know, just kind of doing this at will. But some of those numbers come from his ability to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. And we have seen it now several weeks in a row. T. Higgins is being is just a monster with, with Jake Browning scoring big long touchdowns posterizing guys making huge catches like uh, clutch catches that's where this offense is living right now and where it should like why not if you are a young quarterback that doesn't have a ton of time or a ton of experience and you are seeing things for the first time guys are starting to put more on your plate defensive coordinators that is are starting to put more on your plate Throw it up to your guy and trust that he's going to go up and get it. Because guess what? As we've seen, even with Joe Burrow, they do. Like these guys win. It's it. We've made the joke before that it's more like a, it's not a 50-50 ball. It's more like a 70-30 ball. Like it really is. And that's the way that they're playing football right now. So I am curious to see, can Steve Spagnuolo change the picture enough? Can we find instances where maybe a chief safety can rotate over the top? Is this a Mike Edwards game where he can take advantage Maybe, you know, a quarterback just kind of hucking it into the secondary and maybe he can go up and get the ball. Is this one of those where a Shamari Connor or a Willie Gay Jr. playing as more of the apex defender are able to drop into a throwing lane and come up with a pass? We've seen it throughout the season. This Chiefs defense does not pick off a lot of passes. They are very low on the rankings there. But it it it's because a lot of quarterbacks see the picture change so much with Steve Spagnuolo, and they don't feel confident letting it rip anymore. They don't feel confident throwing into the secondary because bad things will happen. Think negative plays will happen, so they eat it, or they try and scramble, or they try and check it down, or something like that. I don't know that Jake Browning is going to play that way. I don't think that we're going to see him kind of turtle up, check it down, try and get Joe Mixon in the flat or something like that and try and let that guy break tackles. That's not really worked out for a lot of teams this season, you know, and, you know, they're not really highly effective when they do that sort of stuff. So he's going to have to break tendencies to do some of that. It is one of those that I, I'm very fascinated to see that matchup because we've talked about it. Trent McDuffie against a Jamar Chase or a T Higgins, that's a, that's a mismatch at the catch point. And the Bengals are going to know that too, you know. But LeJarrius Sneed may not be a mismatch. So I, I'm curious your opinion on this, Maddie. Do you think that the Chiefs shadow a receiver this week? Because there are such good receivers. It's not like... Is Chase playing? I mean, that's I don't know, though. Like, is Jamar Chase going to play? He was questionable. He you know, let, let's, let's make the assumption at the time of this recording, Jamar Chase is playing football this week. So if that's the case... Are you trying to shadow T. Higgins with Legereus Need, size for size matchup? Or are you trying to shadow the best receiver they have with the best cornerback that the Chiefs have in Jamar Chase versus Legereus Need? 
I'm shadowing Jamar Chase with Legereus Sneed if he plays. Because um, I think he's still better than T. Higgins. And I think if I can shadow him and shut him down, even if he's like slightly hurt, I think that helps. Like, right, they just take one guy away. Now you're only worried about really realistically T. Higgins. But more so, Chase is the guy they like to get the ball to with, with room to run. That's the guy they want to get the yak to. If I'm putting a non-luxurious seed over there, I'm putting a lesser tackler on him. I'm putting somebody who handles the screen game less well. I mean, putting on somebody that doesn't tackle as good, I would rather just put him on chase and risk T. Higgins versus Jalen Watson, who's been playing pretty good this year. Like, I, it seems like he's taken that that quarterback role. It seems like I, I don't pay attention to the DB snap counts because I'm usually he's, too upset. Yeah. But a linebacker more as of lately. He's certainly played more as of lately. Jo- Joshua Williams got hurt, you know, uh, you yeah. know, a little bit, got dinged up, but he's certainly played well enough to hold that yeah. at the end of the season. So, like, yeah. I feel okay with him there. And like, it's just, it's so that Chase doesn't get a break tackle. And not that Watson or Williams are bad tacklers, just Jerry Sneed is great. So you want to try to throw screens and stuff like that. We saw Trent McDuffie blow up a lot last year coming out of the slot. We see Jerry Sneed blow up plenty over his career. Like, give me that, I think, is the maneuver, even more so than worrying about defending the receivers downfield. It's just, I don't want to let Jamar Chase get going with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yeah, that's and we we have seen that time and time again. Lejarius Need is a ruiner of screens in the backfield. We saw it this week. You know, the pass behind the line of scrimmage down in the I believe I read, but you know, it one of those. It, it seems like every week Lejarius Need does that. So I don't disagree with that. I'm trying to figure out the best spot for Trent McDuffie this week. Maybe this is a heavy blitz week out of the slot for him. Maybe this is one of those where he can create the impact yeah. in the run game which is one of the worst in the NFL, which is kind of like you look at this offensive line, Orlando Brown Jr., Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams, that group of guys should move bodies. Like it should. And right now their offense is one of the very worst running the football this season. Like it is really difficult to watch them try and execute simple concepts. They just don't do it particularly well. It's not one of those things that they can lean on like they have in the past. Currently, they're averaging 3.9 yards per carry and have the lowest yards in the NFL in rushing. This is one of those that I look at a little bit from a Joe Mixon standpoint. You would think with a backup quarterback, you try and get some of those guys, try and put it into easy mode a little bit more for your offense. There's just not room to run. So this is one where you can't allow them to get established. Leo Chanel, Willie Gay Jr., Drew Tranquil, Nick Bolton, Derek Nadi, Mike Pinnell, you know, all these guys. I'm expecting another Pinnell call-up this week, if you can't tell. Um, they got to win on the inside because, you know, you want to force Jake Browning into more of those YOLO balls, force him into more of those second and 10, third and 10 situations, and you get there by stopping the run on first down. This is an offense you can do that to. And so don't allow them to have the sort of success rate on early downs as we've seen the Chiefs Stevens be really good when they can force teams into 11 personnel, force them into obvious passing situations. That's exactly where Spags wants to be because that's where he get into his bag, get exotic on the back end and not have to worry about, oh, they hand the ball off. We don't have the numbers. We are not plus in the box there. So I'm I'm curious there, leaning on that offensive line a little bit more, Matty. This is not a particularly great pass-protecting offense. No, they're not. I don't think they're that good at run blocking either. It I, feels right. like their run game is similar to like the early Mahomes area Chiefs with with a Damian Williams in there. Like they they do it a little bit more, but it feels like they're just holding on until they break a big one with, with Chase Brown or with Joe Mixon. It doesn't feel like there is a consistent chunk, chunk, chunk playing ahead of the sticks, trying to set themselves up for third and short. They're running to hit the big one and to, you know, just slow down the pass rush by not letting them go. So if you're the Chiefs, you can't let them establish it. The good news for the Chiefs, the Bengals absolutely hate going into heavy personnel. They, they, they despise it. So, like, you're not going to have to handle dealing with the heavy personnel, the fullbacks, the extra tight ends that this team has struggled with in the run game. I would be not concerned. I just don't have that being a big worry going into this game that the Bengals are going to have this dominant rushing attack that is going to allow them to to dominate. I, I do say if you're the Chiefs, though, like you do want to shut it down on early downs. Like, right, if you can li- make Jake Browning live in second and third and long, you feel really good. That's obviously going to be said about any quarterback, but this is a team 
with Browning back there, a guy that, again, you want to change the picture. You want to throw a lot of stuff at him. That's a lot easier on second and eight than it is on second and four. That's a lot easier on third and six than it is on third and two. You want to change the picture on him as much as possible. Keep that run game stuck in the mud. Hope you don't let, you know, Chase Brown or Mixon rip off a big, long 30, 40 yard run. But like, that's what they're running for. They're not running the control clock. They're running to rip off a long, explosive play. Just got to be sound and just sh- slow it down at the beginning. So that way you can let this pass rush get after Jake Browning. I mean, like, that that's the ultimate goal at the end of this game. Yeah, absolutely. And Jake Browning, you know, for, for everything that we're talking about here, kind of throwing it up, he's got a seven. 0.9% sack rate on the season. Now, Joe Burrow was having one of his worst sack rate seasons of his career. Well, maybe not of his career because that rookie year was just awful, awful, awful. He's had some stuff, but he's able to manipulate the pocket. Joe Burrow was at 6.2% this season. 7.9%. Right now, if he were you know a qualifier within this, that would be ninth in the NFL in sack rate for quarterbacks that the that the Chiefs have seen this year. That's around where like a Desmond Ritter is, around where a Russell Wilson is, a Sam Howell is. Yeah. Those are guys that want to hold on to the ball, want to try and make things happen. And it's not like Jake Browning's a guy that's, you know, a super pocket escaper. He's not going to get out there. He's not going to, you know, make a ton happen with his legs there or really kind of manipulate the pocket in a positive way so I don't look at this as a guy that it's like okay Chiefs have to spy him Chiefs have to do a good job of keeping him in the pocket you can confuse him this is a game that Chris Jones maybe can take a few more gambles with the way that he's approaching the quarterback and maybe leave an exit lane because a Jake Browning's maybe not going to see that lane not going to step up in and through it so, I mean, I, you know, that's something that Joe Kohler is certainly telling him. It's like, hey, man, this isn't one of those, you know, containment games. We're getting after it. We're going to try and get after it. And the Chief four-man rush can't. Like, this might be a game where they can work a Orlando Brown Jr., you know, Cordell Volson combination with a with a tech stunt where you can see Mike Dana come open, where you can see, you know, a Charles Aminahue around the outside get open. And then I want to see speed on the outside there. I want to see... Charles Aminahue. I want to see Felix and Aduke Ozama on the outside against some of these tackles. They are not fleet of foot. There is an opportunity here, especially if the Bengals are in these second and third and longs, and you're going to make Jake Browning hold on to the ball a little bit more. Keep Chris Jones on the inside this game. I know he gets, you know, carte blanche is where he wants to line up, and if he lines up on the outside, go get it, big man. But I just like the matchup of putting some of the speed on the outside with a pocket crusher on the inside. I just think that Jake Brown is going to drift. He's going to continue to drift out of the back of the pocket. And this is one that I could see a Charles Aminahue or a Felix, you know, kind of, this might be a game for him to come in in the dime, get a few more reps and try and beat up on some of these more slow footed tackles. I think the four man rush can get going this week. I, I really do. I think that they can really affect this game. You just can't allow explosives when you don't get the pressure with the four-man rush. Yeah, Browning's been interesting because so he's been pressured on 73 dropbacks, which is 35% of his dropbacks. He's taken 16 sacks. Yeah. Like, that's pretty bad, right? That's a lot he's only thrown two touchdowns. Oh, he's played, yeah. He's only thrown two touchdowns. He's thrown two picks in the past two weeks against the Vikings and the Steelers, which I think is probably like a good barometer to use on how the Chiefs might attack them. He is under pressure 34 times, only completed 15 passes, took seven sacks, one touchdown, two interceptions. Like, he hasn't been playing well under pressure. The problem is, though, for opposing teams, when blitzed, he's been all right. He's actually handled the blitz pretty well. And that includes the Vikings game, who sends a lot of pressure. The Steelers didn't rush as much. Like, if you can get home with four, what I'm saying is if you can get home with four and pressure him, he gets he's not a good quarterback. He's been bad under pressure when you can keep guys in coverage. If you have to start sending extra guys, that's where it gets dicey. Uh, He's done a good job reading it out, getting the ball out quickly against the blitz. Now, I don't think that every team in the NFL, when they blitz, they are Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs. They work up some stuff free rushers. They get matchups that they want. So, like, you know, you're not always going to be able to get the ball out quickly. The amount of times that George Karloftis has dropped into coverage and taken away the read that a quarterback wants is asinine. And I don't think Karloftis is, like, 
purpose, like doing a great job. He's just dropping and just happens to be in the area that the quarterback wants to go to. And then here comes a free rusher against the Raiders. The Chiefs sent two DBs through the same gap on a blitz. And normally I'd be like, that's not smart. But then I watched it back and like, well, the timing here, McDuffie's clearly stalling out. No, no, they tried to send two guys through the same gap. And it, hey, it worked. So it's just, I do think the Chiefs will blitz him. I think they will try to pressure him. They will try to rattle him. But as the game goes on, if that four-man rush can make waves, it doesn't even have to be dominant, but if it can make waves, I think that makes Browning and this Bengals offense a lot more, not one-dimensional, but a lot more volatile. And then you can start to dial into the blitzes. You get more exotic once they're already on their heels. So I am intrigued to see what it looks like. The offensive line has been playing a little better for the Bengals as of late, but then the Steelers game happened and it's just a matter of was that going up against the Watt and a Highsmith and that D-line or are teams kind of figuring out how to play them after they kind of got the jump on people when nobody assumed that Jake Browning was going to play just like Joe Burrow. Like nobody thought that was going to be the case and it was. So are teams figuring it out or was it just an off week for them? We're about to find out because looking at the personnel, the Chiefs defensive line should have fun. They should have a lot of fun in this matchup. Right, they should be great, and the the blitz should be able to get home. It's just a matter of how do the Bengals try to counter it. I did see this was interesting, and the Bengals don't play heavy personnel at all. Right, they are like last the twenty seventh in terms of playing twelve personnel. Um, at like the rate that they play it, they don't play it very frequently. They like they play though a lot of eleven personnel. They play a lot of two personnel, one personnel, ah. in personnel. They're in the top five in the NFL of all of these. They like to go empty. They like to spread it out. They like to give you some weird stuff. It'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs handle it because I don't think they've seen that much this year. This year, teams have gone heavy. They haven't gone with super light personnel, no running backs, no tight. Like they haven't done as funky stuff as the Bengals have done for the majority of the season. Yeah, very infrequent from my charting that I have seen teams line up in 01, 02, you know, that sort of personnel. And this year, kind of, for the first time, we are seeing a lot less of, you know, the the 11 personnel. Like like we've been talking about, we've been kind of beating that drum for weeks now. Teams want to go heavy and throw against these linebackers. And it's one of the few areas that they, they try and hit an easy button against the Chiefs defense. It works for a little while. Steve Spagnuolo makes an adjustment and then the offense just kind of peters out for the rest of the game because they built the ship out of the wrong thing. I think the Bengals, because they are not the, a, a team that's, it, they're not going to all of a sudden come out and say, okay, Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Mitchell Wilcox, and Irv Smith Jr. are going to play a ton of snaps. This That's just not happening. They're, they're not lining up and doing that with this team. So it's going to be a lot more 11. We are going to see maybe a lot more. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that you know Mike Edwards is 100%. I know he came back into that game. We'll see how the week goes along there. I would not be surprised if we see a lot of three safety looks out of the Chiefs defense yeah. to counter some of these things and maybe some more exotic, you know, cloud coverages and things like that on the back end to try and keep a big lid on top of this with those safety looks. I think we're going to see a lot of DBs. I think we're going to see a lot of that this week because like Maddie said, I think I think they feel good about what they can do with the three man and the four man rush up front there the amount that they can affect that. Then we're going to see, you know, singular linebackers, maybe Willie Gay Jr., Leo Chanel, kind of in some of those dime looks as a pass rusher as well. Those are opportunities. They they flexed those looks throughout the season here. That's not something that's going to be foreign. It's not like Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out all of a sudden and be like, hey, this is the first time we've ever done this. Let's hope it works out. He's been working this stuff all season long, taking every opportunity he can to kind of get some of those extra looks. This is a perfect opportunity now to just be like, hey, you know what we've been working on all year? We're going to build the ship out of it this week. So I, I'm very curious to see how he counters some of those. It, I, I call them funkier. They're just less used <laughs> kind of personnel groupings. That right. The Bengals, you know, do a lot more out of. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, so the Chiefs have... Haven't played like any like uh what do I, I'm trying to look at it. they Chiefs haven't played any one personnel any two personnel any twenty per like they haven't played a lot of the stuff it's really the only super funky one has been ten personnel and yeah. they've actually played it the second most in the league which yeah. is a little surprising they they were very good in those reps so mm -hmm. hey we got that going for them it's like 
I, I don't think that's the way you beat this team because as soon as the Chiefs see that personnel coming out there, they flood the field with defensive backs. And like the more defensive backs you put out there, the more you're just like going right into Spag's hand. The strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you're going to sit here and look me in the eye and tell me that C. Spagnola doesn't look at these personnel the things and say, oh, I'm not going to have a whole like chart of plays ready for what the Bengals try to do this weird stuff with all my DBs out there. So I, I don't think they lean into it. I would be really surprised if that becomes like a secret weapon against the Chiefs. Now, what the Bengals have done in the past, they've lined up, they've gone a little heavier against the Chiefs. They've put a tight end in the backfield and like that sniffer roll yeah. right up on the line of scrimmage and just like played protection and then let Higgins and Chase go downfield and go make a play. That worked two years ago. Last year, the Chiefs had some answers. They played better. The way Steed, McDuffie, Watson are playing, I don't know if that'll work, but like that might be the formation or personnel like break tendency thing that they try again in this game just kind of wad up the middle of the protection unit because they know it's not a strength. They know the Chiefs want to blitz. But like I I don't think that's a way they can attack the Chiefs, get favorable matchups. So schematically, I think the Chiefs defense should hold up well against the Bengals' offense despite Jake Browning playing well. I do think this is a game where they can flex their muscle and show they are one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, and it might be what's needed to try and make this work. We are going to go now. Players to Watch, brought to you by Tickets for Less. Use promo code KCSN at Tickets for Less to get the absolute best deal that you can find out there. We got lots of important tickets that are coming up here. Yeah, Chiefs win this one. They got a playoff game on the horizon. You need to be using Tickets for Less to get your playoff tickets because it's not going to cost you a whole arm and a leg if you go through Tickets for Less and use Promo code KCSN again to get the cheapest tickets out there. All right, players for wa- players to watch, Maddie. I'm gonna let you start. Ooh, you know. Okay, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm invoking my one yearly Patrick Levon Mahomes one year. Uh, I'm not even I here to defend. It. He's not even here to give you crap about it. Oh, what, what good because he's picked him like five times this year. I know. <laughs> the him is Ken. He picks him every other week. I'm picking him here because he's coming off, I think, of his worst game of the year. I, I don't think it's the worst of his career, like PFF does. I don't think it was that bad, but it's one of his worst games of the career. I don't think he or not of the year. I don't think he played well. But the two games before that, I thought were two of his best games of the year, especially that New England game. I thought he was nearly perfect in that game, like nearly. So I, I just want to see him get back to that. This is not a. They don't need an over my dead body game to win this game. They don't need him to come out and play like the best player that's ever existed to win this game. But boy, would it sure be nice to see him come out and play that way again. Would it be nice to see him come out there with the with the swagger, with the arrogance that he plays with at times when he's feeling it and not the timid version that's just getting frustrated because guys can't do it right. I understand in his position, it's very difficult to not be frustrated with what's going on around him. I am not blaming him, but I think he just needs to go out there and play his brand of football, quit trying to let it come to him, this is one of the times where he needs to start taking it. He needs to go out there and take it. And I know that's anti-Andy. That's not what Andy wants. Mahomes needs to go out there and take it because if this team is going to make any waves in the playoff, he needs to be playing like he did versus the Bills, versus the Patriots. This team is never going to be a ball control, zero mistakes, zero turnovers. We're going to win this game 13-6 to because we didn't make any mistakes. They're clearly not going to do that. Quit trying to play that way. Just let him go out there and do his thing, and you have to support him. You have to instill that confidence in him leading up to the game. You can't wait until the fourth quarter in a two-minute drill and have him hit Noah Gray in the tit with a football that he then drops and have him do it again on the next play to make something happen. He needs to start the game like that, and I think that starts with how you plan for the game going into it. See, uh, earlier on in the week, we did a lab segment where we needed a shirt that said "Open Face Compliment Sandwich." Now we gotta hit him in the tit. Boy, we're just we're just coming up with all sorts of great shirt ideas here. So, uh, oh. yeah. By the way, go to Sandlot Goods by by uh, buy merch. It donates helps the KCSM Foundation. Anyway, um, my player to watch is gonna be Jalen Watson. Uh, we talked about him a little bit when we were talking about the defense. He is having a really good last couple of games, and I think that we saw last year. Jalen Watson come on really strong at the end of the season and hold down some of those reps when they got into the playoffs, played pretty well. I think we're seeing that resurgence again. I lined up a lot against, you know, Jacoby Myers against the uh the Raiders last week and played him really well. Like really did a good job. 
as a ball denial player. Now he's going to have to go up against a guy that's an even better player at the catch point in A.T. Higgins if he has to line up against him regularly. He's got to play a really good game because this Chiefs defense has done an excellent job of preventing explosive plays, Raiders games notwithstanding for some reason. So, you know, they've got to keep that down. Chiefs defense does not turn the ball over a ton. They do not have a whole bunch of, you know, big negative plays that they create here. They're just very sound, and they get off the field really well right now. they got to do that. They can't allow a T. Higgins bomb like we've seen over the past couple of weeks to keep the Cincinnati Bengals in this game to give them that sort of confidence. He's got to make sure he use, he leverages the boundary really well, get T. Higgins, you know, play physical with him down the sideline, try and make it very difficult for him to come up with the acrobatic circuit, circus catches that he's been coming up with. He's a very good football player. If Jalen Watson gets got by one of those every once in a while, it's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not throwing up my hands and being angry at it. Just make sure that you're not the reason why the Cincinnati Bengals are in this game like we have seen at times this season that they've been able to do it. That was Players to Watch. Buy tickets for less. Again, promo code TACSN to get your tickets. Let's get on with the game previews, Maddie, and we'll close this out. Who you got this week? I don't know. Yeah. I used to stomp the Raiders because I thought it would matter and it didn't, and they lost the game. Like anytime I feel like I have a really, it's not like they destroyed the pick. I don't know. Anytime I feel like I have a good read on what's going to happen, it doesn't. I don't know what to do with this team. I have really struggled to reset mentally with what this team is. On paper, I think Steve Spagnuolo could do enough defensively to make Jake Browning, a young quarterback without a lot of experience, be completely flabbergasted. I think that they could do enough to take away the receiving weapons. I think it's a really good defensive matchup, so they should stop them. Offensively, the Bengals can't stop anyone. The Chiefs' offense also likes to play poorly and give the ball away and make mistakes. I don't know how to process what this team is going to do in this situation. In years past, we'd said, hey, good offensive matchup, they're going to put up points. Defensive matchup, hit or miss. Maybe they do like, you had a good read. I don't have a good read. I'm going to say the Chiefs win this one. 27 to 17, which seems like a big gap, but like that's a lot of points. I, I don't know. I don't know, Craig. I just don't know. I'm going to keep predicting the teams to score points. I'm going to will it into existence. We get the Patrick Mahomes game. He scored, he wills them to 27 points for some bad defense and they win. And the Dolphins beat the Ravens and they can clinch and everybody can rest in week 18 and we can all be at. I mean, there, there is no greater motivator than getting a week off. Like, I, there is none, no greater motivator than that. Go out and win the damn thing. Close it out. Get into your bag a little bit more. I know that, you know, Andy Reid called a couple of trick plays, a couple of fun things that didn't necessarily work out. I'm fine with them. Get them out there. Try and put something on on tape that's not just four hitches over and over and over again. Do something that the team is going to have fun with, that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to show up and want to execute in a big way there's just frustration on the sideline there's there's things that just aren't going right this is an opportunity on offense to take advantage of a bad defense that has had your number for several years now this is an opportunity to show up and say hey Lou we know that you've gotten us before but it ain't happening we're not allowing this to get out of hand we are going to put this away and we are going to do what we need to do. I expect a vintage Patrick Mahomes game. I don't expect what we saw against the the Raiders last week. I know that, he, that he's frustrated, tired, hurt, whatever the case may be. It shows. It absolutely does. Get yourself to a mini bye week or an actual bye week in, in the case of, you know, if the Dolphins win here. Try and make life easier on yourself. I think the offense is going to come out. They're going to score a little bit because I still don't trust this offense to go out and score more than 21 points. But I do think that this Chiefs defense is going to do enough. I think there's going to be a couple of drives that we're going to look at as they are every single week. And we're going to say, oh man, the defense got a bit better on those two drives. Those two drives are not going to be enough to keep the Bengals in this one. I got the Chiefs winning this one 21 to 10. Please offense score points for yourself and not the other team this week. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the KC Laboratory, the game preview. 
Chiefs against the Broncos. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back with a post-game show after, hopefully, the Chiefs wrap up the division, wrap up a playoff spot, and maybe wrap up a Week 18 bye for themselves here for their starters. I'm Craig Stout from Natty Lane. Be kind to each other. Catch you later. Hit him with the tit. Catch it. <laughs>